If you're driving, please remember to use your car's Bluetooth speaker while listening to the AM Drive. Sports talk is not worth your safety or the safety of others. Grab your popcorn sit back. <laughs> Jump the gun. Oh, no, give me more than that. Okay, go this way. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> we are. Happy hump day to everyone in the sports universe. It is July the 6th, 2022. This is the AM Drive on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. I am live. For regular co-host Aaron Crouch, I am Michael Carvelis once again saying hello and good morning. On today's show, we're going to have Chet Holmgren talk after the Thunder draft pick went berserk last night in the summer league. We'll also talk about Kendrick Perkins and his take on the Kevin Durant trade request. And after the break, we'll have Tony Johnson on for another Tony Johnson Wednesday, as we'll talk John Deere Classic, Tiger Woods, the British Open, Wimbledon, New York Jets and the Philadelphia Eagles, and more articles from Tony Johnson. Without further ado, let's get started. The first part of our show is presented by AM Drive the Online. That's right, our merchandise. If you want to support our show for cheap, go to AM Drive the Online and purchase a sweatshirt, a mug, a t-shirt, a tumbler, anything you want, you name it, it's right there on AM Drive the Online. And it's so cheap, we are so confident that it's so cheap, that if you find a podcast with cheaper merchandise, we'll price match it for you and take the loss. That's amdrive.online. Oklahoma City Thunder GM Sam Presti seems to have hit on another good basketball player in the NBA draft. Sam Presti, of course, drafted James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant among other players, including Josh Diddy, even last year. Well, his latest prize is Gonzaga big man Chet Holmgren, or should I say stretch big man, or should I say stretch Holmgren? Hashtag Chet code, if you know what I mean. Last night, Chet Holmgren, playing for the Thunder against the Utah Jazz, scored 23 points, 7 boards, 4 assists, Three made three, four made three pointers, and six blocks, which was a summer league record. And Chet himself after the game was surprised it was only six and said he'll be coming to break that again pretty soon. For what it's worth, the Thunder play today and tomorrow as well. Not sure if Chet will play um, as much as he did last night, which was 23 minutes, but we'll see. They obviously want to keep him on ice for the regular NBA season. But I wanted to address this topic because I did say at first, I did say that I would, uh, that I personally liked Chet Holmgren. Um, that was my guy coming out of the draft of those big three candidates. People talk about, oh, well, he's skinny. Yeah, like, you know, like Kevin Durant and Yasa on the Kupo. People um, are on Twitter just bagging the guy. I would say about eight out of every 10 people I came across could not, like, we're just chirping at the mouth. It's only Summer League. He'll get bodied by Embiid. Um, everybody gets bodied by Joel Embiid. And people were probably saying that about LeBron James as well. Oh, it's only Summer League. It's only one NBA game. It's only one season. It's only one playoff game. When does the hating stop for these people? I just don't know. If you want someone to fail, I guess they're going to fail because you have such high expectations for them. It doesn't make any sense. You'd think if someone rooted for someone to fail, it would be like low expectations. These people's expectations are through the roof. What What if he scored 50? What if he got 10 blocks? Would you still trip at the mouth? Probably so. And that's just sticking in my opinion. But Chet Holmgren looked incredible. Had a one-legged Fallaway jumper 
that look like Dirk Nowitzki. Um, people like, oh, well, Taco Falls Guardian. Um, sure, but he also blocked Taco Fall, who's like seven foot four or something like that. And by the way, if Taco Falls gonna drop into the paint knowing that you can shoot and you simply cross him up into three, that's just good offense. Okay, so don't it's just Taco Fall or it's just Summer League me. I believe Chet Holmgren showed out more than people thought he would. So shout out to Big Chet. Kendrick Perkins, who is becoming talking head in the media, I dare say he's a better media person than he ever was an NBA player. No disrespect there. He says Kevin Durant, he doesn't believe, wants to be traded. He said Kevin Durant is using this as a scare tactic. I don't know where that's coming from. Um, my pushback to that would be a sim. He said that Kevin Durant wants the Nets to re-sign Kyrie. My pushback to that would be when you request the trade and they trade you, how would that be good for Kevin Durant? How would that be a spirit tactic? Because now the Raptors have joined the mix, and the Toronto Raptors can give up Pascal Siakam can give up Scotty Barnes, can give up probably some more draft picks. If you want to go, Kevin, go off. But to act like Kevin Durant is some loyal person who would try to make it work with Kyrie Irving, I don't see why he would. He ran away from Oklahoma City when things got tough with Russ. He ran away from Golden State when Draymond Green called him the B-word. And now he's running from the Nets when Kyrie Irving turns out to be the head case Everyone says he was. So I don't know what Kendrick Perkins is really talking about at this point. Um, again, why would you request a trade knowing that it could happen just to scare your team? It doesn't make any sense. Perk was saying, I had a weekend to think about it, man. Just shut up. Just shut up. Another thing I want to get to this morning before I have Tony Johnson on on the other side is CTE, you know, the brain disease that, or the brain condition that people are finding um, in NFL players who have passed away. Well, Demarius Thomas, who, by the way, I did not know this, his, um, the coroner or whoever it is, has still not discovered the cause of death. All they know is that he had a seizure Procedures apparently do not cause death. Well, they did find a stage two CTE, which is linked to things such as um, short-term memory loss and mood swings, which Demarius Thomas' family reported that he was having. Now, it was crazy to me reading the article that Demarius Thomas actually had 700 career catches and played for 10 seasons. I don't remember that much of Demarius Thomas in the NFL, but I do think that what the article brought out in the ESPN article was pretty crazy. The Boston, I believe it's Boston University, doctor who was studying this said the CTE should be the NFL and the players' 100% top priority after retirement. Notice he didn't say um, bankruptcy like Delonte West of the NBA. He said CTE. Guys, there's a problem right now. I mean, NFL, again, they, they keep on – I don't like what they're doing because every single year we see at the beginning of the season all of these – oh, all these safe tactics and all the safe technology. Man, that doesn't prove a dang thing, you, and they know that. Does it look pretty on on the surface? Sure. Oh, wow, we put some technology in this football helmet. Man, come on. Stop that. Do you think those guys care? Their mentality is, it goes to Antonio Brown's point, which I never thought I'd say this, but Antonio Brown said, like, he was like, what was his first week was hurting before that Buccaneers game where he took off his jersey and waved to the crowd? You guys do remember that, like he was saying they wanted him to play injured. You think if you have a little headache, they're going to care? Come on, man. 
Most guys don't even admit that. Like, oh, it's just just a dinger. They don't care. And that's because the NFL is not is not showcasing it. In reality, they probably should. I don't remember Demarius Thomas having some long concussion in in case career here. I don't remember Demarius Thomas ever like I don't remember anything about this guy that would say to me this guy would have CTE. He's a young guy, like 30-something years old. They're fighting in so many players like post-death, it's it's really sickening. Again, I don't know why the NFL is showcasing all these other things about safety. The reality is there these guys' heads are in are in trouble. I know I, I'm also in the camp of, well, you, you sign up for that kind of life. That's what you, you know, that's what you have to do. That's what you have to go through. That's why I'm not shocked when Luke Keekley, who's a hard-nosed linebacker, retires at like 29 years old. He's probably got CT right now. And again, you can't find it but when, when they're alive, which makes it that much worse. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. When it seems like CTE, I never heard that it existed until NFL players had it in their brain. Actually, I think it was. They say it's caused by like blunt force trauma to the head. For a game that's pretty safe now, supposedly, I mean, I guess, I mean, he did play in two Super Bowls. I mean, if that's all it took for him to get stage two CTE, not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. And I would be concerned if I'm if I'm a young person. Um, basketball contracts are awesome. Baseball contracts are guaranteed. Um, soccer's a thing. Lacrosse is amazing. Those are the things to do, man. Just saying. Like, it is sad that Demarius Thomas, his death has to bring this up again. I mean, people, they have to wake up, man. I Again, I don't really see too much from the NFL on this whole thing. I don't see what people claim. Like, I hear rumblings that safety this and safety. I don't, I don't see it, though. I don't see the outpouring of research. I see more on political efforts than I do on CTE. And no offense, but CTE is a lot more important right now. But if we're being completely fair with this, this might be a hot take for now. But CTE almost seems like it's more important than Black Lives Matter. Because <clears throat> as much as people in the news want to say, want to showcase the like how many of this minority of bad cops there are, Every player that dies from the NFL from playing the NFL literally has CTE. That's a problem. That's a serious problem to the NFL. Again, I don't see them addressing. I, I see that, like again, this, the safety commercials are cute and all, but there's no, there's nothing that says we care about CTE. Nothing at all. The most best thing I've seen is a settlement. Um, <laughs> no offense to Sean Watson, just had a settlement. If we're going by that logic. Oh, when I come back, Tony Johnson is on the other side. We're talking all things Wimbledon, golf, and some NFL stuff you might want to hear. I'm going to run back AM Drive on Twitter, YouTube, and Mark Zuckerberg. Don't go anywhere. The AM Drive with Mike and Aaron might be the best morning show ever. If you love the show, shop the merchandise. For $26 hoodies, $16 shirts, even $13 mugs, high quality swag for cheap because Mike and Aaron love the fans. The best morning show, the lowest price merch at amdrive.online. This is Popple, the next generation business card. With just a tap, your Popple instantly shares your digital business card to both iPhone and Android devices. The best part? The other person doesn't need an app or a Popple to receive your info. 
To pop your info, tap your popple to the top of an iPhone, the center of an Android, or just scan your in-app QR code. And just like that, all your info is saved to their phone. More connections, more leads, more sales. That's Popple. Download our free app and get your Popple today. Aren't you the Vice Golf guy? Yeah, you want an autograph? Uh, yeah. Actually, I was just wondering if the balls are any good. The balls are amazing. You look like a Pro Plus guy. I thought you'd never ask. It's actually better than my old ball. And it's half the price. Top performing golf ball, half the price. It's almost stealing. Quit searching the globe and get your high performing golf balls at vicegolf.com. Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. If you want the best in sports merchandise from your favorite players, from your favorite teams, with daily deals such as free shipping or orders of $24 or more, you have to go to MikeAndAaronDrive.com and click the F, that is the Fanatics logo. When you do so, the entire experience is at your disposal. So go on there, shop the autographed memorabilia, shop the jerseys from the hottest new players on the hottest teams, Go there, support the show and your team at MikeAndAaronDrive.com. And for that, we thank you. For that, we welcome Tony Johnson on another Wednesday. Great to see you, Mike. Absolutely, yeah. And just think about it. We're going to be getting into some NFL stuff. uh, And a lot of these players, some of them have changed teams. We've got new players. Get all that stuff of Fanatics for sure. I love it. I might have got my Kyle Guy jersey. So that was pretty fun. My Miami Heat jersey. That was fun for me. Um, Tony, how's it been? By the way, how was your weekend? It was good. Uh, we we essentially broke dead even in golf, uh, which is all right. Uh, you know, we didn't have any winners or any uh big time uh futures that came in. So if you can break even, uh, you know, if you don't really get anything like that to come through, we did well in the matchups and uh, really kind of called the tournament pretty well. Um, but it was good. You know, besides that, we've been really busy here. A lot of other things going on. Um, that's actually taking up quite a bit of time. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's uh we'll get into some uh, some other stuff in the in the coming weeks, but yeah, this is it's been a it's a great time. You know, it's a great time of the year. I know all the sports are essentially on hiatus, but you know, it's just all this time that we now get to prep for the upcoming football seasons uh, and everything else is uh I mean, I love it. It's a joy for me, so um for sure. Completely agree. Um how about so John Deere Classic, I believe it was JT Poston is the dude's name. He scored a 21 under, and that was good enough to win. I believe he won wire to wire, which I guess means after you lead round one, yep. you finish up doing that. That was a first for me this golf season. It seems like we've seen a lot of a lot of comebacks, a lot of meltdowns. Good for JT, man. I agree. I agree. He's a very likable guy. Uh, typical kind of story on the tour. You know, uh, got on, struggled for a while, went back and forth between the Corn Ferry and the PGA Tour, uh, finally securing his card about, I want to say, three years ago or so, and he's been consistently playing pretty quality golf, uh, just hasn't been able to break through. And then, yeah, the last three or four weeks, I mean, it's not that big of a surprise in the sense that statistically in his numbers, he's been really, really good. Uh, And the odds makers and everybody like that from the betting perspective, you know, they've recognized that he was, you know, the top 15 or 20 off the board, uh, you know, to win. So he was clearly, you know, one of the uh, top 20 uh, choices or so, and he's not exactly a household name. So that kind of gives you an idea right. of how well he was playing coming into the tournament. And then, as you said, Mike, winning wire to wire, putting everything together, really nobody got all that close. Um, a little bit in the, on the back nine early uh, right. on Sunday. I think there was within one shot, um, maybe Grio or somebody got. But besides that, he never gave up the lead at any point. It was pretty and amazing. And the eagle was stuff. just a sprinkling. Absolutely. Exactly. But uh, played great. Um, again, uh, typical – Tour. These are the great tour stories. You know, I talked about that, you know, in our previous article. And we even brought it up before. Like, this is exactly kind of what makes the PGA Tour great. Yeah, 
talking about Tiger Woods and all the great players, that's has its place and that's fantastic. But it's stories like this that really make the tour go round. And who knows, maybe JT piles a few together and, you know, he becomes a top 15, 20 player in the world. You know, you never know, you know, you always have to get your start somewhere. And um, it's, it's good stuff like this that I think really gets lost in the shuffle sometimes. So it was really, really nice to see from an event that I really love. I love the John Deere. So it, it's, it was great to see for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Bears fan? Um, before we get to the pro am, I do want to tell you my um, my um, here, where's it at? Here it is. My list of top five independent athletes of all time. It was um, it was non-team sports, so it wasn't like no LeBron, no Michael, no um, you know Tom Brady. It was just. Guys, this was I thought it was a fun list to do. So, number two on my list is actually Tiger Woods in terms of okay. independent athletes. Right? How do you like him below Muhammad Ali? Are we talking about like quality, like the the quality that they were in their sport, or just the overall persona, like everything? My I like longevity, peak, okay. namesake, and difficulty of sport. The reason I gave Muhammad Ali the edge was because I feel like everyone likes to fight. Like, well, everyone has gotten their fight. To say you're the greatest fighter is a little bit better than saying you're the greatest golfer, but I think Tiger was more dominant, in my opinion. Oh, it's a, it's a tough list to say. I mean, I, I certainly no, I, I I think it's I think it's very good, uh, Mike. I mean, I you could even make a make a decent argument that Roger Federer, you know, deserves to be in in uh, you know the top two, top three uh, as a monster. Yeah, exactly. He was an absolute beast and a monster for what ten to fourteen years in a sport that is unbelievably difficult on you physically. I mean, the physical toll. And again, I'm a big golf guy. That's kind of where I come from, my central point. Right. I would probably rate Federer almost over Woods just because really physical toll is to be that consistent. He played in, I think, like 30-something majors in a row. It's, it is remarkable uh, to do that. So again, I, nothing against Woods. I don't know how I would rank it. This is the first you're bringing it up, and it's fascinating. Uh, but yeah, to have Muhammad Ali up there, I think, I think if we took this poll, we saw even through the ages, we took, you know, the like an age count or if you did it by generation. Um, yeah. A lot of the older generation would certainly be with you. I think there'd be a lot of Muhammad Ali, some of the younger people that never saw him fight. You know, again, we never saw him fight, but you certainly know the history and, and you're, you know, well versed in that. He's way up there. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a good discussion. Um, I'm not sure what I would do. Uh, that's a, it's a great, it's a great question. Uh, it really is, especially <laughs> when you talk about the individualness, because it's really hard to make a name for yourself. Sometimes, you know, you don't have people around you to help you out and it can be difficult. So for sure. Yeah. I, I actually looked that up and I didn't see any list that was like that. Like it was all like yeah. just goat athletes. It wasn't like non-team athletes. I thought hey, might as well July 4th, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So on July 4th, I believe the Pro-Am was going on on that day too, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a very famous Pro-Am. I'm glad you brought it up. So the J.P. McManus Pro-Am is a very, very famous golf pro Probably the most famous Pro-Am uh, in golf that's not centered around an actual PGA tournament. I think the you know Pebble Beach right. might be the, the most well-known. But this one, like to give you an idea, uh, the previous five years, this is the sixth uh, year that it's been running. Um, the previous five years, they raised a total of $145 million. Uh, yeah, and, and for a, an event that's based in Ireland, uh, that is unbelievable. Um, from what I hear, the early reports are that they crossed maybe the forty million mark uh, this year, just in donations. Uh, it's it's an unbelievable, unbelievable cause, uh, mostly helping children's charities uh, out in Europe. It is fantastic stuff. And what we saw this year, Mike, I mean, the amount of big names. Now, there's always been a lot of guys that have come over and played, but. It was like eight out of the top 20 in the world were there. Uh, guys like Xander Shoffley, uh, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Bryson. Bryson, of course. Yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. Like the, the turn on, of course, you know, when Tiger Wood shows up in his helicopter, you know, right before his, his tea time, that's going to draw a lot of eyeballs. This event got, uh, got on the front page on ESPN.com, on all the major sites. Like, I've never seen a pro-am like, the, like that happen. So, um you know, kudos to them for for not only getting this thing off the ground, you know, six years ago, but for making this in a massive worldwide event that raised over forty million probably uh, this year. But a great thing, really a great thing, and um, it's nice to see. It's nice to see that getting its due and getting some headlines where we don't usually see that. 
I think the Bryson DeChambeau being in there kind of helped a little bit. I mean, I know Tiger moves the needle the most. Sure. But I feel like the LIV guys being in there was pretty cool. Definitely. It was like they were they they were they took a step back and said, Oh, let's do a charity event. That's pretty yep. cool. I agree. I agree. DJ also being there too. He yes. got in a day early, um, and he was doing a clinic uh, on the range uh, with Bryson and some of the other awesome. uh, live, live guys. Yeah, it was. I agree with you, Mike. I mean, we can we know where we both stand in the live situation, but even with both of us where we stand, uh, you know, there's there's a greater cause uh, at times, and I think that was it. And yeah, it's just been. It's been a great whirlwind time. And again, I think something else to bring up, uh, Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, they were actually in Ireland for the previous three or four days. They were traveling around the country and playing different golf courses. So basically what would happen wow. is they would show up at the course. They had a you know registered time and what have you. And right. a bunch of the members and the locals would come out. And there's some great video of this on Twitter and Instagram and all the places where there's like 100 to 200 people plus following their group around a regular round on a course, on a small little course in Ireland. And it's awesome. really cool stuff. So again, I don't know what's precipitated all this. It's the first time I remember seeing this happen. Maybe all the pushback with the whole live situation and trying to show a, I don't know, or they just wanted to do it. Who knows? But it's, I was looking at a following because I follow the Instagram and I'm, you know, closely just out of curiosity. I was, I was amazed that these guys took that much time out of all this prep, I mean, this is a big part of the season, the most important part of the season upcoming, and they're playing casual rounds in front of 200 people on uh, a small city in Ireland. Um, great stuff. Great stuff. I completely agree. I think Jordan Spieth got disqualified from the program. <laughs> he did. did you see that? <laughs> He picked up his ball, yeah. So he got he got disqualified in the individual uh, portion of it. Uh, but like he could, I guess by their rules, he, he still, still buried. Play in I the think team. the same hole. Yeah, you could play in the team event if you pick up your hole your ball because your ball is not going to count. You technically have to get disqualified for the individual. I don't think he remembered that he had forgotten uh, because he was out of the hole for the team. Yeah, you don't just do uh, that. Yeah, but then he did make a birdie or something like that on the next. Two hole on the next hole, or or two holes later, like for this team. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of weird. I don't think he realized what was going on. Well, in fact, that's what he said after the round is like he had he had no idea. <laughs> so, he's, he's, we go. still we forgive him. He's just a small kid from Texas. There you go. Um, question because this has to be talked about before we get to anything else after this. Tiger Woods, man, did you watch him play? Because I feel like he wasn't terrible at first, he was, but he kind of picked it up a little bit better. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't bad. I mean, it's this is going to be tough. This is a, this is a tough stretch. And I and again, we're not talking about the specifics of the injury because I don't think we know the exact specifics of of where all the screws and everything is. When the weather gets cold and it's uh, the the muscles and the area around, uh, not only the leg or wherever it is, is they're going to tighten up, and you're not going to be able to have nearly as much movement and freedom and the ability. Uh, basically to stretch than you normally would. So playing out there, as you saw, it was quite cold, even in you know what July uh, in that area of the world. I think that's going to be the biggest struggle out of anything. As I saw him, he looked stiff. Uh, he mm. looked like he wasn't able to finish a few shots, especially later um, on Monday. Again, I only watched a little bit here and there, just some video clips. But right. it didn't look like his swing was all the way on point. Again, maybe he hadn't played for a while and he was working through it and he'll look a lot better in a week. Possible. Possible. Who knows? Definitely. But I would say that based on watching it myself, uh, it didn't look promising uh, in that sense. And and already the numbers, if we look at the markets, uh, they moved against him. So like he was, I think, seventy or eighty to one uh, to win. He's now in the in the hundreds at most major books. So he he actually dropped based upon the video. And again, that's not surprising. He didn't look great. I know he chipped in uh, once for Eagle, but he still finished. Nice. Yeah, he still finished somewhere in the thirties. You know, an event where, yeah, there were a lot of really good players there too, but there also weren't. So, uh, I, you know, again, it's a it's a fun time. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we'll see from him. Clearly, he's not nearly the same player that he has been in years past. I think that time, if he doesn't get better here, and if this, and if the leg injury doesn't seem to progress positively, which we haven't really seen yet, I don't think we're going to see him play elite golf. Uh, again, especially against fields where guys are as good as they ever have been. Yeah, and I hate saying Tiger's competition wasn't great, but with the way parody in golf is now, they're going to yep. cook him, man. It's sad. I agree. I agree. But some of it's self-inflicted, but I do. Tiger's one of those great stories in sports, and 
You just, you know you don't you don't want to see him go, but when he finally does, you're gonna like dang. Yeah, he changed the game. He changed the game. I mean, for we can talk about prize pools and all the financial sort of ramifications, but he certainly changed the way the game was played. You know, the power game of golf didn't really exist all that much back in the mid nineties. And now we'll be seeing guys with, you know, club head speeds into the one twenties, one thirties, and they're hitting everyone hits it over 300 yards off the tee. The game has completely changed and completely altered. So there's a couple of reasons for that, but certainly I think the physical prowess getting into the gym, uh, caring about nutrition, Guys didn't do that before. He was on the forefront of a lot of that. And awesome, it awesome. has forever changed the game. Um, it's an amazing thing because it's it's a sport that's been around for essentially ever. It's one of the oldest sports you know, of humankind. Yes. And he really altered it more than almost anybody has at any given time throughout history. So it's an incredible feat. It really is. I, I don't want to have a conversation with you now, but just keep in mind, in a few weeks or maybe in a few months, we're going to have to have on Tony Johnson Wednesday your GOAT golf list. Just to keep that in mind. Fantastic. I am well, looking forward to that golf day. List. That'll be a good day. And my list might have some obscure names because they might be from. I'm sure. Yeah. So we'll, we'll I'll be detailed. It'll be wonderful. We'll do that. I cannot wait. Good. We'll, 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 we'll schedule that for year, for months down the line. Um, let's get to this British Open and a little fun chat about this thing. Um, first name that comes to mind for me, Roy McRoy, who's actually had a pretty decent season, and he's the hometown kid. I like Roy. I know you told me you don't have any bets, but it's still some fun little chats. It's great, and it's the, the home of golf at St. Andrews, uh, the originator, uh, first course ever. So, yeah, it's right. a fantastic thing. Uh, Rory is interesting because he has talked about throughout the years that he doesn't really enjoy Lynx golf. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, his ga- and his game really reflects the fact that he's not ideally spaced. He hits the ball really, really high. Uh, he comes down on the ball very, very steeply, which is not necessarily ideal on hard pan uh, grass that they have out there. And he just has a, an Americanized style game. He really does. Insane. He plays the game like a, a power player. So it's interesting. And he says that, but yet he has been quite successful throughout the years at the British open, you know, with, with, with a win. So it's kind of fun uh, that you say that. I think that's a little more tongue in cheek than, than he lets on. I think he says that just to kind of, you know, whatever be there, but when the time comes and when it's prep time and when he's there, He's 100% go, and he knows what shots to hit, and he is the, – the foot is on the gas uh, constantly. So, yeah, I mean, how could you bet against Rory in this sense? He's the, t- the classic guy that, you know, 10, 11, 12 to 1, whatever he is, one of the favorites now. Oof. I probably can't find a way to get a bet on him, but are you going to be – you know, find a spot? Well, oh, I w- I'd like, you know, a matchup bet, Scotty Shuffle over Rory McIlroy. No, no, you don't want to bet against him either. It's right. just an unfortunate – circumstance for me this type of thing especially as you said mike he's having such a great year been playing so well of late as well uh, too that there's just not much you can do and you certainly don't want to be betting against him so it's kind of one of those just enjoy it maybe watch during the round see what's going on see if you can find a spot here and there but other than that i mean he's one of the favorites for a reason and there's what five six seven guys i believe that are all within 16 or 17 to one or lower it's it's such a great time. I know we've said this for so you know so often, but it is such a great time to be a fan of golf because you have so many elite players playing well, and no one's really stuck their nose in front. You have six or seven guys that are great, and really all equally have a chance to win. And then there's a secondary group, pretty decently behind them right now. If Rory wins, then it'll be good for PGA, considering he's the one they kind of like yes. put the mouth on right now. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it'd be huge for him to win in his hometown or home area. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited. Obviously, the world's going to watch Tiger Woods once again. Yeah, probably not as much as we were the last tournament he played, because then we saw how hard he fell off. So, oh crap, he's not back yet. For us, yes, Mike. In Europe, yeah. their ratings will be absolutely through the roof. It's St. Andrews. Oh, yeah. It is. It is the hallmark of golf. They their ratings on Sky Sports or wherever they televise it will be enormous. I think they are looking. Awesome. I already, yeah, I was looking on uh, on one of the sites that uh, talks about European golf, and they are selling ads for somewhere near like the million dollar range on Ooh. Saturday and Sunday. It is. It's going to be that big of a draw. They they know that. That's and, like Super yeah. Bowl money, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you're getting towards Super Bowl money, I mean, this is a big deal for them. So I think, yeah, yeah, we may not see as as mu- as many eyeballs here in the United States, but I think worldwide, 
oh, it's going to be big. Because think about it, worldwide, you know, even in Asia, the, the British Open is still kind of the main tournament. Uh, it's still the main major for a lot of people, you know, a lot of people's minds. Right. So I, I think this is going to be a really, really big event. And if he can make the cut again, which to me, despite the lack of quality play, seems pretty likely. He knows how to play Lynx golf extremely well. He really knows how to get around St. Andrews, being a multiple winner there. I think there's a high likelihood that Woods is able to play enough to be able to make the cut, barring any significant weather or anything. We'll see what happens right. there. But there's going to be a portion of the field, Mike, that is not used to playing Lynx golf, that you know, when the wind is blowing 40 miles an hour, you know, side to side with freezing rain, it's just, Ooh. there's a significant group of the field, like, you know, the Americans from Oklahoma that just may not be well prepared for this. They, they just aren't. There's no other way around it. Right. And when you take out 30, 40 quality players in a field that really can not even kind of make the cut, I think you give a much greater chance of somebody like, like Woods being able to make, uh, have a chance to make a run. Seems like another Tony Johnson article might be make a bet on Tiger to make the cut. How about that? <laughs> I won't be betting against it, that's for sure. But we'll see where that because that bet isn't out yet. But that will that I'm curious to see where that sets up. And Ooh. I have a few articles and ideas planned uh, for the British. Yes. It's, my favorite, it's my favorite tournament of the year, so I, I am super super excited about it. And I've never that's been out awesome. there, so one day I will go and visit and play some of these courses. It'll be fun. But for now, I love watching it. And the fact that it starts so early out here, I can get up super early in the morning and just start from start to finish, watch coverage. It's fantastic. It's your midnight snack of the meat, breakfast, and the final destination of the Basically world. it, yeah, because it's it's finishing up, what, by, by lunchtime, our time. So, yeah, it's great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's switch gears, though, because – Got two more sports to talk about here, and one of them is Wimbledon, but not for a reason you think, because Serena's gone in the first round. She hasn't been the same since her injuries for a while now. But there was a match, and a specific player named Nick, I mean, the name was Kyrgios. Kyrgios. I knew yep. it was Kyrgios. I knew it. He's a Greek, so that's why I can I can chime in there. So we have the same heritage. <laughs> that's awesome. So, ter good though, I almost said Tony. Nick Kyrgios. Gets on there at Wimbledon. It was the all-white thing. Wears his red hat and his red Jordans. Says, I'll do what I want. And then realizes, oh, crap. Well, I'll, I'll just wear my all-whites next time. <laughs> Moron. Um, Nick Curgio is also, I believe he's unranked. Beat the number four in the world in a highly controversial match where they both got fined. And this guy, now it comes out before his quarterfinals match, He's got some domestic charge, which I believe it's always convenient when those charges come out. I understand how significant they are, how serious they can be, but it's so nice how that came out right at that time when he's at the peak of his money right now. I'm like, give me a break. But I want to ask you this. Is he is he good for the game? I say yes. But the, the, the purist who was commenting on it did not like it too much. It's been the age-old question. Now, uh, this is one of those subjects I'm actually quite familiar about. I've been following Curgio since he was young, since he was about 17 or 18. He's been a, a prime talent for a while now. 2014, I, think I was reading the old tournaments. Yeah, and he's 26 oh. now, to give you an idea of how long this has been going on. So mm. the funny thing is, when he was 17, he was throwing rackets. He was getting into arguments with uh, officials, fans. Uh, he was constantly berating people, wearing the wrong clothing, as you said, speaking out about everything, just being a petulant child. Now he's 26. He is doing literally the exact same thing. Uh, and, and that is the interesting thing about it. There were a lot of people like me that, I mean, we were all, I think, all in the same camp. He is a generational type of talent. There is no question about it. In fact, if you hear Federer or Nadal talk about this, especially as upcoming, there's almost nobody with a talent like him. You saw the shot making that he has, the ability with his serve to just oh. dominate a match is unbelievable. It's unrivaled. It really is. Uh, the problem is we've all been waiting for him to grow up, but he basically never has. And he's a head case, and he has a very nonchalant attitude as well, oftentimes on the court, where he will hit one of the great shots that you'll see for the week at a tournament. And then the very next point, he'll take some wild forehand and hit it wide by six feet and give away a point for no reason at all. It's 
there's been people that have talked about this could be a reason maybe he's trying to he's coping. It's a coping mechanism that it becomes a very, very big moment and he doesn't really know how to act. So kind of the best way to do it is to sort of mm. act out, lash out, hit a wild shot and just kind of chalk it up to that. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, all I know is I was a fan of his uh, early on. I think it's good for the game in general when, you know, guys are willing to show their personality and they're, you know, they have this realness to them. To me, it's just gone on for too long and he has taken things just too far. So again, the domestic thing aside, that's a whole new ball right. of wax, but just the way he is in the court, to me, it crosses a line. He is again, the constant arguing with chair umpires, with fans, with and it, it goes on. I don't know how many matches you've seen of him. It goes on for minutes 30, 40, 50 minutes on end. My, and again, nobody's really responding to him. He's just talking aloud the entire time. It's It detracts from the game. And again, I'm not the biggest purist. I, and I know right. you and I are, are very similar in that sense. We're not the biggest purists of all, of all time. We really aren't. We do like guys with personality. We like things changing, right. especially for the better. This is not for the better. We're at, and we're at this point now. It's nine, ten years down the road. It's just too much, and he's all. Whenever he plays against Sisipas, uh, like you know, the, you, you talked about in the last match, these these guys just go back and forth. They try to get in each other's heads, and it just becomes a a head case, just dirty, disgusting match. And we don't get to see the greatness of tennis, and it's so frustrating because they're both incredible talents yeah. and great players, and both Greeks too, which is kind of funny. But right. yeah, I. I, I don't know. I'm done with Kurgios. I, and I wish we, I wish that wasn't the case. He is the most, the generational talent that I don't think we're ever going to see. We're never going to see him fulfill. This is what his first quarterfinal he's ever made in a major. I believe. I mean, that's, that's preposterous for the ability that he has. It's un, it's mind blowing. So you, you saw the I'm ace that him. he had where he put it between the legs. Yes. Yes. He's been doing that for that's insane. a while throughout his career too. I, Again, I'm okay with an underhanded serve here and there. I know there's some strategy to it. He hits it so hard. He serves so well and so hard that guys play so far back that an underhand serve can be beneficial. And again, it's, it's within the rules. I, I, I know some people are against it. I, I'm fine if that's all he did, and he threw in an underhand serve here and there for strategy. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. That's fine. And if they, you know, if that's what he said in the press conference, well, why do you keep doing that? Well, because they keep playing so far back, and I can get a free point. Hard to argue with that. Um, it's right. within the rules, but just the the anger and divisiveness that he has about yeah. everything—it's every little thing, Mike. That's what's so frustrating. It's if he was on our show or whatever, we'd have to tiptoe around every subject trying to talk to him because there's just a blow up, you know, waiting to happen. And I don't—I don't know. I don't. It's mostly don't bipolar. Yeah, yeah, maybe, and maybe, maybe that's it, and maybe, maybe there's. A chemical imbalance, or maybe he he's got some you know bigger issues that haven't been talked about. Absolutely, well, and I'm sure he's there in the is. public eye, though, so we can talk right about exactly. Him. There's no excuse, especially after nine, ten years. This is not a seventeen year old where it'd be like, all right, he'll he'll make changes. He'll whatever. take his medicine one day. He still doesn't take his medicine. Whatever the case is, yeah, that's fine. We can, we can have a pass of seventeen. You know, we we weren't the same people we were when we were seventeen. No. Of course, you know, we were learning you know life, and but he's twenty six. Like that's and you said. Mike, he's been in the public eye for so long. Come on, learn and get better. It's no my excuse. age. I'm 25. I turned 26 this year. Right, and you're I not know the throwing feeling, tantrums but... and going crazy every minute. Right. <laughs> I just – here's the thing about this kid and – well, guy, whatever. This dude, this bro. Um, I don't get why he argues with umpires for like, – like you said, for so long – because I was reading, like, what he was saying to the guy. It's like, dude, shut up. Yep. Like, quit whining, bro. And then, I, well, I think it was the worst thing he said was he gave away a point just to get in the guy's head. Yep. I call baloney on that. I, I call bull. That's a load of crap. I don't know the reasons for this, Mike. All I know is he's been doing it for years. <laughs> you could be right. I, I'm not going to argue that. I don't know why he's giving away points like this. I'm just saying that was not an isolated incident. I have seen him do it for years and years and years against really good opponents like CC Pass, also against guys ranked 300 in the world, where he just is <laughs> giving away. It's like, I don't understand it. He gave away a set against Nakajima uh, in the match after that. And like to get to the fifth set, he could have had a chance to close it out in the fourth set, hit some wild, crazy shots from the baseline. 
lost the game, and ended up going to the fifth set, which he dominated, and he won in five. But, like, why? I don't understand. Another thing I want to say before we get to the NFL here is, Tony, I, the best players – the reason why he hasn't probably gone to the quarterfinal – because he's not all the because he's he's not committed to it. Like look at Michael Jordan, look at LeBron James. I've always yeah. said there's people better than them, probably. Yeah. They just don't have what it takes to work every day and get better. Like Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Steph Curry taking 123s in yep. a row and making 119 of them. That's yep. what it takes. Just because you're physically gifted does not mean you're going to win. And he maybe it is in his own head. He thinks he's just the end all be all. Unfortunately, he's not. Yep. Oh, couldn't well, agree more. Couldn't agree more. Matter. Steph Curry's are not they're not made overnight, Mike. Not not overnight at all, as you said. 120 Agreed. shots at a time. How many yep. guys are willing to do it? How many guys are willing to put in the work? Oh, not not many. I can't even watch the whole video, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And he's doing it on a daily basis, multiple times. And we can't oh. even get through the video. That's the amazing thing about it. I'm with you. Insane. Um, Jets and Eagles. Now you believe. You texted me, I'm going to explode it, but those are two teams you have told me, now you're going to tell the people why they are what? I believe these two teams got better the uh, the most in the offseason out of the entire Ooh. NFL. These are the two I've chosen, I especially Philly. I, I think Philly is, is, is the clear one, but I really like what the Jets did uh, a lot. Okay. So, again, I'm not necessarily saying that these are two – teams going to the Super Bowl or, you know, whatever, they're, they're right. in line for the championship. But I think they improved the the most. And Philly was already a pretty decent team. And yes. I think they improved quite a bit. Now, the Jets had a long way to go. Grant you that. They are the worst defense in the NFL last year. So I guess you can sort of only go up. But I think for multiple reasons across, um, these teams got a, a lot better. Not just a little bit better, a lot better. And I right. don't believe the markets or the, uh, the pundits or anybody has moved them enough, in my opinion. Ooh. Now, you, which one of you, do you I've, I've said I thought the Eagles were going to make the playoffs again. Sure, I agree. I think um, Jalen Hurts, I've always said, gets better, even though I, I, I don't like him as his play early on. I'm like, all he does is work hard and get better. He's a great yep. teammate, which which matters. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And like, uh, they, they added another receiver this year, which going on Devontae Smith. They, and again, the AJ Brown, I don't tend to get into receivers and running backs because I think there's many more important positions in the NFL, no doubt. AJ Brown is a game changer. He's one of those guys when he's healthy, we've seen him healthy only a, a handful of times the last year and a half, but the year that he was healthy with Tennessee and the few games that he was healthy last year, he is an absolute beast. Uh, he can run multiple routes. He can play different positions, and he's incredibly fast for his size and his strength and ability to uh, catch jump balls. He's the whole entire package. A very healthy A.J. Brown changes this offense immensely. I believe Devonta Smith now is able to play more of a, uh, a regular role for himself. He can move fully into the slot and run routes that I think he's much more comfortable with. He's really good at running slants. He's really good at planting his foot in the ground yes. and getting to where he needs to go. And he wasn't able to do that. He was playing so much on the outside last year. And with Dallas Goddard now in a full capability and his full uh, position, he doesn't have to worry about Kelsey uh, you know, looking over him. I, I think his offense is really, really, really good. And as you said correctly, we also have Jalen Hurts not only, I think, getting better and working really, really hard, he doesn't have to do nearly as much with his legs. I doubt they call very many true running plays. For him because the offense is so dynamic now that you're going to see him get a lot better because he's got a lot more options. And I, this is as good as you could ask for Jalen Hurts and his ability to get better and to move forward. Uh, I love it. I, I really love it. And the fact that they've kept their running back uh, trio uh, intact, I think there's this is a very underrated group of guys. Mm -hmm. I know Boston Scott doesn't get a lot of uh, play because he's so small and short, but he's a great blocker. And when Miles Sanders is out, he can get the job done. We saw Kenneth Gainwell, a rookie last year, really, really good in the passing game. Should only get better just his second year, uh, clearly. And then what they did on defense, uh, you know, adding Hassan Reddick, you know, who had almost 24 sacks in two seasons. Oh. I think it was 23 and a half sacks in two seasons. And they got a pretty 
team-friendly deal for him as well. I think he really wanted to play for a contender. That was that he had talked about that in the offseason, and so he took a little bit of less money potentially uh, to play for Philly because Philly really looks like they're on the rise. I mean, defensively, a lot more guys, and they didn't really lose anybody. Uh, they only lost two starters and um, nobody of, of serious note. And then we can get into the draft, too. If you want to get into the draft, I mean, uh, Jordan Davis, defensive line from Georgia, is an yeah. absolute run-stopping machine. So most of the linemen in Georgia, they only play about half the snaps because they rotate guys in and out because they're so deep at that position. He played mostly in, in run-stopping situations, and the guy was an he just was immovable in the middle That's of the insane. line. Immovable against really good offensive linemen against really good teams. This is not some guy from Akron like who just dominating because he's in the MAC. This is as elite as it gets. Um, now, when he was in in passing situations, he wasn't all that great. Um, he got ahead of himself. He lost his pads at times. He wasn't great. But I think that's fine. Uh, the fact is that he can come off on some third downs. So what? Who cares? Uh, right. To have him in on every first and second down, like I see that as a positive, not necessarily a negative. If he gets better in that faction as a as a pass defender, that's fine. But who cares? Because I think him as ability as a run stopper, um, remarkable stuff. I I I love what they did. They added a guy named Kazir White, uh, linebacker from the the Chargers. Who I mean, the Chargers had right. a terrible defense last year. He was the only bright spot there at 144 combined tackles. His first year, Ooh. he was finally fully healthy. He's really good. They got him on a pretty friendly deal as well. I like this team for all of those reasons above. I think we got another year uh, with coaches, more continuity. They've kept the whole staff together. Everything looks up. Yeah, Dallas is good in that division. There's no question. Dallas is a strong team. Dallas will not get better. Nope. Philly's the team to beat in that division, in my opinion. And they're going to be maybe close to the team to beat in the conference if we do see the Jalen Hurts that we're kind of hoping for. If he becomes a, I know I hate this term, game manager type of thing, but not having to do too much, distributing the ball, getting rid of it quickly, taking less hits, all of that, this is an elite offense uh, with an elite play caller, and I I like this team a lot. That's wrong. Stephen A. Smith and all the media heads – Dog Nick Sirianni after his first press conference, he stuck it. He screwed around, and made the playoffs. Um, He's good. You you mentioned the, the catch radius of Jalen of um AJ Brown, even Devontae yes. Smith. That helps a guy like Jalen Hurts who may not be the most accurate passer. I want to say throw it up and hope they catch it, but you have the ability to throw it not the best, and they'll still snag it. That Absolutely. means something. It does. It really does. And they have different types of skill sets as well. I mean, I just, I love how they work off of each other. And Dallas Goddard is, I think, still an underrated pass catching tight end. There's weapons all over the field. They have running backs that can play great in the passing game. They have running backs when healthy. Miles Sanders is an excellent runner. And re-signing uh, Jason Kelsey uh, as well. I Ooh. think that went under the rug a little bit as well. Pro Bowl center for many, many years. They have three Pro Bowlers on that line uh, that are still intact. Mm. It's a great old line too. This is a I just don't see a weakness on this team. I I I don't know. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh I've already got a couple of wagers on Philly. Uh some some futures and stuff like that cuz I just I don't think they've moved the the lines enough and so we'll get into that I know in the future. I realize it's still July. Yeah, my I, I think say, it, it's a good team. I say next Wednesday we give the Jets some love too. I know you want to talk to them too, but Perfect. We'll save that I for don't Wednesday. Wanna, Perfect. Well, I don't want to run the love out here on the Tony Johnson Wednesday, but thanks so much for coming on again, man. Appreciate it, Mike. It was a pleasure, and I'm glad we got to so many great topics. And, again, I look forward to these Wednesdays. I uh, really do. It's a it's a good time, and we get to talk about all the good stuff. Just looking forward to it uh, as we get into the full-on, when the seasons all come back, when we get hockey and football and basketball. Right. It's, it's the best time. football season. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Works, so we'll keep it on the low, but we'll get, we got it going on. Yeah, and you guys have all the tough decisions to make in September, October to what to put on the show because there's so much oh. happening. You have to make decisions. It's tough. Know, it's easier right? now, but yeah, it's it's a tough time. It's great to have a sports show in, in that fall time because it's just everything's going. It's perfect. It's fun. Medium.com slash at sign Tony Johnson 29. Um, follow the AM Drive at AM Drive TV on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And we'll see you tomorrow, guys. Thanks again to Tony. And thanks for those who watch, drive safe.